For women with HIV in the United States, nursing is not an option. Yet is nursing their babies a better choice for women with HIV in other countries? The answer may surprise you. You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Today we will be discussing HIV and breastfeeding, a first world and third world perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, a clinical assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Northwestern University. Today our guest is Dr. Susan Q. Uvin, a professor of obstetrics and gynecology and medicine at Brown Medical School. She is also director of the Miriam Hospital's Immunology Center in Providence, Rhode Island, which provides comprehensive care to over a thousand women and men living with HIV-AIDS. She is doing NIH-funded research on the prevalence and transmission of HIV among women during pregnancy. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Why breastfeed? Why should anybody breastfeed? Well, I think that it's known to everybody that breastfeeding is about the best nutrition we can ever give to our babies. It is full of antibodies that are transferred from the mother to the baby to protect you from many diseases. The formulation by nature cannot compare with any artificial food that we could ever make. So in general, we have always advised pregnant women to breastfeed their baby. It's the best form of nutrition. You get a lot more medically to protect your baby from infections. And I think that that has been a message that we have consistently given to pregnant women. The unfortunate thing for HIV-infected pregnant women is that HIV is also found in breast milk. And even if your baby miraculously escapes getting HIV-infected antepartum, intrapartum, but if you breastfeed, and the longer you breastfeed, the more exposure your baby is, up to 40% of babies can still become HIV-infected through breastfeeding alone. Even though they're just ingesting a virus through the intestinal tract? The babies get HIV through the intestinal tract. They get infected during labor and delivery by swallowing secretions or blood from the mother's genital canal. And that is how they get HIV infected. So swallowing breast milk with HIV in it would also cause you to get HIV infected. What about medication for mothers? Can't the mothers take medication, reduce the viral load, or eliminate it in the breast milk and then nurse? Yes, there are several studies that are ongoing where they are giving antiretroviral therapy for the mothers during the duration of their breastfeeding or they're giving antiretroviral therapy to the babies during the duration of breastfeeding. You alluded to in the beginning that there will be a surprise in terms of breastfeeding recommendations between the United States and developing countries. In the U.S., because we have safe alternative formula feeding, we recommend that all HIV-infected women do not breastfeed their babies. And that was the goal for the rest of the world, that if you're HIV-infected, because we know you can give HIV to your baby, that you shouldn't breastfeed your baby. Unfortunately, in resource-poor countries, formula feeding is expensive. There's no forms of sterilization. There's no source of sterile water. So there were many ways of looking at how can they breastfeed and still be safer? It's, it's called a risk reduction model. The initial study showed that if you exclusively breastfeed, which means you'd give nothing to your baby except breast milk, no additional water, no semi-solids for six months, 
compared to what we call mixed feeding, where they give, you know, water, sugared water in between, they give semi-solids from three or four months onwards, that HIV transmission is markedly less when a baby is exclusively breastfed compared to when there's mixed feeding. So that's one lesson that we learned. So the WHO said, if you're going to breastfeed your baby, we would suggest that you exclusively breastfeed and don't mixed feed your baby. I have a question about that. If the risk of transmission to the baby is 40% from breastfeeding by six months, why would exclusive breastfeeding reduce that risk? I, I'm a little confused. We were confused at the beginning, too, when the studies came out, but it apparently that the introduction of foreign substances, aside from the breast milk, such as sugared water or semi-solids, the theory is that it might induce some inflammation or some allergies to some babies, and any inflammation recruits inflammatory cells that are susceptible to HIV. And that is one of the theoretical explanations on why babies who are mixed-fed compared to exclusive breastfeeding had more HIV infection compared to those that are just exclusively breastfed. I see. So it's common sense, once again, doesn't rain here. It's There's no substitute for empirical observation. Yes. And so people started exclusively breastfeeding, and then studies compared exclusive breastfeeding with antiretroviral therapy compared to formula feeding with some antiretroviral therapy. And we were very surprised uh, about some of the findings. Of course, those that formula fed their babies had less HIV infection because, as we said, breast milk has HIV and will lead to some HIV infection in babies. What we didn't anticipate was infant mortality after six months of either exclusively breastfeeding or formula feeding. There were more infant deaths in the formula-fed infants, 9.3% compared to 5% in the breastfed infants. And at 18 months, you know, there was no survival advantage for, exclu- uh, for formula feeding, at least in resource-poor countries. And so this made us rethink our stand on breastfeeding, particularly in lesser developed countries. And the WHO also reformulated their recommendation for breastfeeding for lesser developed countries because of these findings. As you said, Breastfeeding, even in HIV-infected mothers, if there is no alternative to good formula feeding, might still be better than bad formula feeding. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. We are discussing HIV and breastfeeding, a first and third world perspective. Our guest is Dr. Susan Q. Uvin a professor of obstetrics and gynecology and medicine at Brown University. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. So I think the take-home message about breastfeeding is in first-world countries where there's safe water, chiefly, and where most families can afford clean formula, breastfeeding is not the way to go. But in third-world countries where formula is very expensive and where there's a lack of clean water, even though breastfeeding poses the risk of HIV to the infant, it is actually safer than simply drinking the water. Yes. So let me reiterate the WHO infant feeding recommendation. It says, 
Exclusive breastfeeding is recommended for the first six months of life unless replacement feeding is acceptable, feasible, affordable, sustainable, and safe for them and for their infants. When replacement feeding is acceptable, feasible, affordable, sustainable, and safe, avoidance of all breastfeeding is recommended. At six months, if replacement feeding is still not acceptable, feasible, affordable, sustainable, and safe, continuation of breastfeeding with complementary foods is recommended. So this has changed very much from even three or four years ago where we were really pushing formula feeding. The disparity is that in the rich countries in the world, water is cheap. In the lesser developed countries where they need a lot of it, water is at high premium. Clean water is at high premium. What about mothers who are nursing on antiretroviral therapy? What Do these drugs get into the breast milk? Yes, they do get into the breast milk, and there are several ongoing studies of combination antiretroviral therapy while breastfeeding. We are eagerly awaiting those results because then if they really work and they're safe, and safe for the baby too, then that might be an alternative of covering, you know, the first six months of the life of a baby. So in other words, just having a mother nurse while she's on drug treatment might be just a way of naturally getting drug treatment to the baby. That's a way of looking at it. The baby's exposed. Now, the one thing that we are always worried about is if you are getting what we call sub-therapeutic levels of the medicine, not the full amount is given to you, if you get HIV infection, you might develop resistance to those medicines. And when you need those medicines, it might not work for you anymore. We must remember that in lesser developed countries, there is only a limited number of antiretroviral medications that they can get. There's what they call a first-line therapy and a second-line therapy. And if those don't work anymore, it's almost impossible to find any alternative medications, unlike if you were in Europe or if you were in the United States. So resistance is a very, very big issue. Are there any studies of babies who are receiving breast milk who are treated with antiviral therapy themselves that would allow them to nurse safely and not get HIV, or is that just too far? No, there are ongoing studies looking at that model, too. So there are two models. You give it to the mother while she's breastfeeding, or you give it to the baby while the baby's breastfeeding. We, we would like to get all the results for this. I'd like to mention that here in the United States, if you are pregnant, we put you on combination very effective antiretroviral therapy. This is very expensive. And also, in the third world, there isn't much infrastructure for prenatal care that can do this. So what happened is there was a study that showed that one tablet called nevirapine given to the mother during labor and delivery and one teaspoon given to the baby within 72 hours of delivery decreased mother-to-child transmission by 50%. This is less than $2. And it was one of the most amazing things that has ever happened. Then we discovered that because we were not giving combination therapy, many of the mothers and many of the babies that received this develop resistance to this medication. We don't know yet fully what the clinical implications are, but the big problem here is nevirapine is the first line of treatment in the developing world. So if you develop resistance to this because you got one dose during pregnancy and your baby got one dose just after delivery, when you really need your antiretroviral therapy, what would be your 
therapy. So is giving this drug to mother and baby still recommended, or that was just an experimental protocol that's not being instituted? It's not the ideal, but in a situation where you can give nothing or you can give this, then it's still better to give something rather than nothing. So is this being done in African countries? It's being done in many parts of the world that have no resources for combination antiretroviral therapy. And again, I think that points out the disparity and how much luckier we are, you know, in resource-rich countries compared to resource-limited countries. I want to thank Dr. Susan Q. Uvin, who has been our guest. We have been discussing HIV and breastfeeding, a first-world and third-world perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.